WTLC AM Indianapolis. W244DI Indianapolis. Indy's source for inspiration and praise. AM 1310, The Light. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Community Connection here on AM 1310, The Light. It's Thursday. April 26th. This is the last full week of uh, April. So I hope your week so far has been a good one. Mine's been pretty good. It's been a busy, busy week around here. All week long, we've had different guests, and I'm so glad, listeners, you've taken time out of your busy day to uh, tune in, if not for one hour, both of the hours. Today's show is no exception. I have a full show today. And as always, it's being brought to you by the Indianapolis Neighborhood Housing Partnership, INHP.org. And, you know, and all the time I set up these these little scenarios, and they're realistic. You know, you, there's always that house in the neighborhood that whenever you go by, you just you just look at it and you just think, man, man, can't can't they do something with that house? They might have a shingle that's fallen off, or the. <laughs> I mean, really, there's one in my in my neighborhood. The steps are all cracked, and you just like, wait a minute, it's just bringing down the property values of all the other houses. Then the bigger question is, are you taking care of your house? Because they could be saying the same thing about yours. <laughs> you don't want people talking about your house. You know, they, May's coming around, warm weather. You're going to have the graduations and the family reunions, cookouts. And you want your house to look nice. That's why you need to call the folks at INHP. 317-925-1400 is the number. 317-925-1400 if you want to know Everything they do, they're just not in, not just helping you fix up your house. You can find out everything they do. Go to their website, inhp.org, and you can get your house looking really nice for the summer. I just had a thought, and this is a true story. Uh, I was over at a friend's house. I'm not going to put them out there like that, but uh, years ago we were playing with the fireworks, you know, the sparklers and everything, and one of the flares went up, and I thought, oh, my God, their house is going to burn down because the flare had kind of gotten a little bit too close to the house. And I thought, man, that would not be a good situation, not, not, not be a good situation. So if you're ready to fix up your house, either on the outside or inside, you know, we're all getting older, me too, and, you know, you need to get around the house, might need assistance with some certain areas, of your house, INHP can answer your questions about that as well. And guess what? I have someone here that can help us with that. He's a return guest. It's always a delight to have him back. He's so full of information with INHP. Trevor Meeks. Hello, Terry. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> it's you and me, the TNT show, Terry D and Trevor Meeks. TNT. TNT. All right. <laughs> Trevor Meeks, you are vice president of single family lending at INHP, Indianapolis Neighborhood Housing Partnership. And I always like to acknowledge my new listeners who may not know what Indianapolis Neighborhood Housing Partnership is and what it does. So give us a little backdrop, please. And, of course, listeners, you're welcome to call in, 317-239-1310, because I bet when the last time the folks were here from INHP, you thought to yourself, man, darn it, I forgot to ask them this, or I should have asked them about that. So now is your chance again, if you have some questions about INHP, to call 317-239-1310. So, Trevor, take it away. Tell us about INHP. Well, uh, it's a pleasure to be here and, and work with you once again, Terry. And, mm-hmm. and so I'll give a little bit of context on, on INHP and yeah. some of the overall services that we we offer. So INHP, uh, we're nearly 30 years in existence now. June will be our 30-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, we really act in, in a variety of ways in terms of the programs and services that we offer to the community. Uh, but some of our pillar services and programs, if you will, exist around uh, homeownership advising, education, and then mortgage lending services. Those have been our, our traditional pillars for years. So mm-hmm. homeownership advising, think along the lines of aspiring home buyers uh, that are interested in, in purchasing a home that may have credit mm-hmm. or financial issues or, yeah. or these barriers that have been identified that will prevent them from becoming mortgage ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this program, our homeownership advising program, will allow them an opportunity to work one-on-one with our advising team for a period of up to two years to help resolve or mitigate whatever those credit or financial barriers might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to that, we couple it with education. Uh, and so there's a variety or suite of education classes that we offer uh, to uh, 
pretty much anyone, but in particular to those aspiring homeowners. And those classes consist of a dollars and cents class. So think along the lines of just basic money management and establishing a personal budget and yeah. identifying your your monthly expenses and income and, and seeing where you have maybe shortcomings or surpluses. Uh, we have an understanding credit, which really teaches the, the very basics of understanding the credit report, the credit score, and interaction with the credit reporting agencies, and really overall how that credit report can impact their livelihood in a variety of, of, of manners, not just in terms of applying for credit. Uh, then there's a, another program that we've uh, launched about a year ago called Successful Renting. And this really teaches the basics of tenants' rights, uh, tracking and, and how to, to properly make your monthly rent payments and, and the importance of that scenario of being a good tenant and, and how that can impact you moving forward and, and segueing into home ownership. We've seen and their studies have been conducted that show one of the very basic foundations to becoming a, a sustainable homeowner uh, can be evidenced by those who pay their rent on time. Right. Okay. Uh, in addition to that, uh, one of our traditional programs uh, that's offered is our homebuyer education course. And this is an eight hour HUD approved uh, education class where we have different subject matter experts come in and teach the various aspects of the home buying process. And some of those subject matter experts would consist of, for example, uh, a mortgage loan officer from a bank or financial institution, mm-hmm. a real estate agent, an insurance agent, a home inspector. Uh, we've had individuals from uh, the IRS come in and explain some of the, the tax benefits to own, owning a home. And there are quite a few, and mm-hmm. I want to get more in-depth in that in just a mm-hmm. minute because mm-hmm. I, I want listeners to really get the full idea of how much it can affect your taxes being a homeowner as opposed mm-hmm. to living in an apartment. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll get back to that a little bit later on. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's an eight-hour class. Uh, that really goes over, provides the overview of the home buying process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so between the home ownership advising and the education, we're, we're helping to prepare and educate and coach these aspiring home buyers to become mortgage ready. And then once they are, we take the approach of introducing them to one of our on-staff licensed mortgage loan originators mm-hmm. to provide them mortgage lending options. And so there's a variety of programs that we offer home buyers, but we also offer products and programs to existing homeowners as well. Mm-hmm. With the home buyers, what our mortgage loan officers will do is align products and programs that are compatible with that individual's needs and interests as well as their qualifications and then provide them an unbiased opinion on here are your suite of options based upon the internal products that INHP has to offer or in addition to that, products and programs that are offered by our lender partners. And we have 14 different lender partners throughout the area mm-hmm. that offer products and programs to our, our families that are uh, interested in pursuing homeownership. And so we can kind of take that one-stop, unbiased, professional approach to providing clients information and choices on how they can seek to become homeowners. It's important to us that not only do they qualify for a mortgage when they're ready, but also that they're able to sustain homeownership. And that's where the advising, coaching, the education, as well as that unbiased profession opinion all kind of come together, mm-hmm. right? I, I took that class uh, several years ago, and I was in the market to buy a house. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised at how much is involved in buying a house. It's not just, oh, I found a house I like. How much does it cost? Let me put in a bid sign some papers and be done. And I'm so glad I took that class because I did not want to be hit with any surprises. Yeah. Particularly if it was a house I found and I had my heart set on it. And then, you know, along with the normal house buying process, I ran into something I didn't know. And that, you know, that kind of would have dampened my, my spirit to buy a house. But after I took that class, before I bought the house, I'm like, man, I've, I found out this, I found out this, I found out this was involved and this was involved. So, uh, listeners, I, if you're in the market for a house, it's getting warmer. You're going to be out walking, driving around and you're going to see a house that you like. Uh, I would highly advise taking this this class. Mm-hmm. Highly, highly advise to take this class. Let me ask you a question. Something you said earlier, uh, in terms of buying a house or, or downsizing or, or buying a larger house, is age a barrier? And what I mean by that, mm-hmm. a lot of times older folks, they've stayed in a house 20, 30, 40 years, and they might want to move, but they feel like, oh, I'm too old to move, mm-hmm. and oh, I can't you know, afford the mortgage or any other reason they want to put in their way. So my question is in the dealings that uh, INHP has with the uh, 
the conversations and face-to-face meetings they have, do they find that some folks feel like age is a barrier? I wouldn't doubt that that's maybe a misperception by some. Uh, mm-hmm. We see a, a lot of uh, first-generational home buyers yeah. that what I would consider to be senior citizens. This is their first time purchasing a home in their really? 50s and mm-hmm. 60s. And, mm-hmm. and how rewarding is that? Um, I would say there's probably another A word that we come into contact more often than age, and that's affordability. Mm-hmm. That seems to be more of a driver, more of a concern. Uh, that that really doesn't focus on the age aspect as much as it focuses on how much is this home going to cost me per month mm-hmm. and how much is it going to cost me out of pocket to purchase this home. Yeah. That's the A word, that affordability issue is really what comes into play. And, mm-hmm. and, and what we kind of see in the market, or I should say what we're seeing in the market, and it isn't uh, exclusive to Indianapolis. This is the real estate industry and real estate market as a whole. There's a, a shortage of housing supply. And this is where economics come into play, right? When you you have a a shortage of supply, great demand uh, for a product, the price of the product goes up. And and we're seeing some of that in the Indianapolis market. And many of our home buyers are are experiencing that where they are put into this situation of they've taken all of the the necessary steps to become mortgage ready. They've received their pre-approval from their lender. They've selected their program. They're out shopping for a home. And just as you said, they're riding down the street, and there's the house I want, and they they uh, huddle with their realtor, and they go mm-hmm. see the home. And sometimes when they're in the home or when they're thinking of coming back, somebody, someone else makes an offer. And so these bidding wars have become very prevalent, especially if the home is in uh, good condition, it's in a desirable neighborhood. Yeah. They tend to go very fast. And, and we've just seen from our partners and, and received feedback from our partners at MyBor. Um, the the age and supply of housing, uh, there's just a shortage right now. And that's really across central Indiana and isn't um, exclusive at all to the Indianapolis Marion County market. 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. The gentleman you're hearing is Mr. Mm-hmm. Trevor Meeks. He's vice president of single family lending at the Indianapolis Neighborhood Housing Partnership. If you have questions about uh, buying a house, if you're wanting to fix up some things around your house, as I said earlier, maybe you had an accident. Your house, one of the flares from July 4th last week <laughs> went in the wrong direction, and you've been looking at that roof or looking at the porch where that damage was. He thought, you know what, I need to fix this. So uh, it, it can happen. <laughs> Trust me. Yes. <laughs> 317-239-13. I thought my heart was going to. Jump into my throat when I saw the flare go up. Three one seven two three nine thirteen ten. Any reason you want to fix up your house, uh, INHP can can help you out with that, and we'll talk about that more a little bit later as well. Let me ask you this: for, for someone who's listening, and they're saying to yourself, "You know what? I, I've been thinking about buying a house. I'm, I'm tired of the apartment life. How much is a is a good down payment? Is there a certain percentage?" Mm-hmm. Someone should look at or, or kind of shoot for when mm-hmm. they're looking to buy a house, particularly mm-hmm. if they found something they want. It's a, a good question, and it's a question that we're asked oftentimes by our home buyers. How much is is significant mm-hmm. uh, or is required mm-hmm. in order for me to be able to move forward in, in purchasing a home? And it really would depend on a variety of factors. Um, something that will come into play is which loan program that home buyer chooses to use to finance the home because different loan programs have different minimum down payment requirement amounts that are set. Mm-hmm. And so generally speaking, what you'll find is that most programs will range anywhere from a 1% minimum investment to the borrower to as much as maybe 3 to 5%. Okay. Define what you mean by a program. Yeah. So the loan itself. Mm-hmm. So typically when you finance a home, so if you're not paying cash, and you need to obtain a mortgage loan to purchase the home, that mortgage lender is going to say, you know, you're approved, subject to your investing X amount of your own funds. In, in other words, lenders like to see that you have some skin in the game yourself. And, and that skin in the game may range anywhere from as little as maybe 1% mm-hmm. uh, of the price of the home to as much as 5%. What we see on average is somewhere in between that 1% to 3% as a bare minimum for many lenders, uh, products and programs for first time home buyers or what would be considered to be a low to moderate income buyer, that one to three percent range seems to be uh, a sweet spot for them to consider it acceptable. All right. Mm-hmm. So when is a good time to start looking for a house? I know warm weather is, is coming and I know 
folks will want to get out and start looking. Mm-hmm. But maybe is it a good idea to start looking before the warm weather comes, like maybe during the winter season when folks are not out and about as much and you might have a, a better advantage of getting the house you want? You know, given um, the nature of the market right now, with there being a shortage of housing supply, I would encourage anyone that's seriously considering to become a home buyer to start the process at least three to four months before when they desire to purchase or to move into a home. Mm-hmm. It may take you that long just to find a home uh, within itself, but also it gives you an opportunity to research your choices, your options for financing and to prepare you on the different uh, aspects of financing a home that are will be, really be important. It may drive your timeline. Yeah. So if you, let's say you have 1%, but you qualify only for 3% down, you might need more time to come up with that additional right. 2%. I think the sooner you can enter the game and figure out where you fit in terms of financing mm-hmm. and the, the earlier you can get into the market, the better off you'll be. Yeah. Plus, I'll give them time to take the home buyer class. Absolutely. As a, as a way to prep. 317-239-1310 is the caller number if you have questions, listeners. Um, there is a big announcement. I, I want to get this in. I'm going to keep you in suspense too, listeners. There's a big <laughs> announcement going on, particularly, I guess this can be considered the west side or kind of the, the, uh, inner city area. Near north. Near north side. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Concerning that area. So if you're listening, and you live in that area, should I give them the street? Go for it. You live in the Graceland Avenue area. There's going to be some big changes going on over there. So you want to tune in and stay tuned in because we're going to announce it on this show. I believe uh, Mayor Hogsett is going to make an official announcement, but you're going to hear it here too. So stay tuned if you live in the Graceland Avenue area. Now that I've got your attention, <laughs> let's uh, let me turn to uh, something else you said earlier that INHP offers information on tenant rights. Mm-hmm. There was a show I, I had a, a guest on, uh, Amy Nelson. She's the executive director of the Fair Housing Center of Central Indiana. Yeah, know Amy well, yes. And mm-hmm. she was on to explain a recent study. Are, uh, regarding an audit that had been done on housing discrimination here in Indianapolis. And a couple of questions she got teetered on tenant right uh, con- questions and concerns, which she was, that was not really why she was here. Mm-hmm. But the question I'm getting around to is how much in depth does uh, INHP go with explaining a tenant's rights to them? It's a very high-level overview mm-hmm. uh, in terms of your rights when it comes to signing a lease and, and understanding the components of that lease mm-hmm. and and the repercussions, if you will, with not holding up to your end of the obligation. Okay. And, and so what we find or what we've seen for a lot of our clients that are in our advising program, our education program, when they're dissatisfied with maybe the condition of the home or repair and, and they are the tenant and that uh, landlord is it's either slow to resolve the issue or to address the issue, their immediate reaction sometimes is to just withhold the rent payment mm-hmm. or, or to not make the rent payment. Yeah. Or maybe they make the repair themselves and not make the rent payment without really reflecting back to what was discussed and agreed upon in that lease or that rental agreement that Mm -hmm. spells out what your due course of process is for addressing those types of scenarios. And and so it it winds up, in some instances, harming them, Mm -hmm. even though they feel as though it was justifiable. Mm -hmm. And that can impact them in, in terms of their next um, step or their their journey towards becoming a home buyer when that rental history is now skewed because you've had untimely rent payments or maybe it went further than that and, and you didn't pay and you moved out and then that landlord takes you to court and receives a default judgment in their favor. Now you've got a credit blemish yeah. uh, and it, it can just have a, a, a deep set of ramifications that can, can stay with someone long term. Mm-hmm. And that's why we want to just make sure that people have a very basic understanding. This isn't legal advice. This is just a high-level overview yeah. of, of where you're at when you sign or you obligate yourself to a lease. You've signed a legally binding 
agreement. And you need to understand what does that mean and what does that entail. And then when you have those issues with the landlord, where do you go for help? Amy Nelson's a great resource for that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and we we do refer clients to the Fair Housing Center of Central Indiana for those types of issues. But we also partner with the uh, Neighborhood Christian Legal Service, which can give you that true legal advice on how to address you know, your your issues with landlords and uh, other contractual arrangements where you feel as though your rights may have been violated uh, or you're, you're in a, a legal predicament. Okay. And I'm glad you made that clarification uh, because I want folks to, to understand the Indianapolis Neighborhood Housing Partnership, you're not a legal agency. Mm-hmm. You're not a, a mediator when there's landlord and tenant disputes, mm-hmm. but merely if a person comes to INHP and they're wanting to buy a house and these blemishes pop up, then INHP explains, you know, this is a challenge here. Let me mm-hmm. refer you to the Neighborhood Christian Legal Service. Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. Mm-hmm. 317-239-1310, if you have questions about uh, what you're hearing, we're going to make an announcement after the break. I just want to keep you in suspense. It's <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> 317-239-1310. So uh, if someone comes to INHP, and they're wanting to uh, purchase a house, of course, they should take the class that you described earlier. Once they have completed this class, does that kind of give them an edge in terms of buying a house because they've demonstrated they wanted to get uh, as much information as they could to uh, to uh, undergo the steps to make it a good purchase, a good selection, a good fit? I think it does give a little bit of an edge, but it, it's a great first step. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, many of our lender partners or lenders in the area uh, will refer clients to us just so that they can have access to that education. Yeah. Uh, some loan programs require home buyers to have or undergo that type of home buyer education before they enter into a purchase agreement or before they purchase a home. Uh, it's it's a very good resource in providing that high level overview of the home buying process, which for many uh, can can seem cumbersome or complicated or they just don't know how to get started or, or what steps to take. They know they want to purchase a home, but where do I go to, to start this? And then how do I navigate through that process? For, for those that have been through the home buying process in recent years, it is an evasive uh, application process you go through. It's it's unlike any other form of credit you yeah. you apply for. Yeah. And if you apply for a credit card, you fill out a couple of questions, and you either get your credit card or you don't. Yeah. Uh, if you go to an auto dealer, you, you know you fill out a, a form while you're there, and you either get the keys while you're there or you don't. Mm-hmm. When you apply for a mortgage loan, they're asking you for uh, layers of documentation that's uh, exhibited around your credit and your finances, Mm -hmm. uh, such as bank statements, tax returns, W-2s, identification information. And and you feel as though they're asking for everything but blood and urine samples just to to get approved for (laughs) a mortgage loan. It's a process. Yeah. Yeah. And and if you don't or if something doesn't add up, it could be a very simple uh, issue that that is explainable. It, it could mean the world between your getting approved for that loan or mm-hmm. or possibly not. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's really where we try to fill that void with arming our clients with information so that they can make the best choice that fits their needs. Mm-hmm. I have a listener out out there now that, that's uh, hearing what you're saying, Trevor, mm-hmm. and they're saying, okay, you know what? He's he's getting me to change my mind about applying uh, to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if it's if what if it's a young couple? Uh, you know they don't have a great deal of a credit history. They have mm-hmm. some. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be a challenge? Not necessarily. So lack of credit is not as big a concern as poor credit or bad credit. Mm-hmm. And so lack of credit could mean maybe you've just established recently opened a credit card, or or maybe you don't have very many loans or or much of a history within itself. And and oftentimes lenders can work with that to a certain degree. They really like to see that you have some history of credit and would like to see that you have what's called uh, trade lines, at least three different trade lines. Okay, and what's what's trade line? A, a trade line is a credit reference. Okay. This could be a loan, it could be a credit card, 
Or it could be a bill that you pay, a utility bill, for example, that you pay Mm -hmm. on a routine basis. Lenders like to see that you have at least three trade lines or credit references that have at least a 12-month history of your paying or making payments on time. Mm -hmm. Think of that rent payment. Your landlord could be that one of those references if you don't have what we consider to be a traditional credit history. We call it an alternative credit history is what we will then look to. Uh, So in in the case of someone that has maybe no credit or or insufficient credit, Mm -hmm. but they pay their bills on time and they can demonstrate making payments to, let's say, uh, I think we all probably have Comcast or what's the Dish Network, you know, for cable. Uh, Netflix, Hulu, one of those. Yeah. yeah. Something that you pay regularly, you know, whether it's cable, cell phone, Internet service, um, everyone seems like has a cell phone today. Yeah. Uh, or if you, you have your traditional utility bill, so it's mm-hmm. the IPLs of the world, the citizen gases of the world, where you're making those monthly payments. If you can document that you've been making those payments, in addition to maybe making your rent payment, that'll go a long way in, in your credit history being considered acceptable for a mortgage loan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I can hear 317-239-1310. Listeners, I'm asking the questions for you. I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the place of my listeners. But if you have your own questions, mm-hmm. something we, we're not touching on today, and you have a question about, by all means, call in 317-239-1310. So what if I have a listener out there that's saying, ooh, I filed for bankruptcy last year, mm-hmm. or I filed for bankruptcy 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. I can't even think it about buying a house or can I? You can. And and, and bankruptcy is not a, a deal stopper. Mm-hmm. Uh bankruptcy in the eyes of a lender would be considered or looked up on as a major derogatory event. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning you've you've had some type of credit uh issue of of a large scale uh, and and you needed to remedy your credit history in some way. Mm-hmm. And, and so the bankruptcy, there's different types of bankruptcies that can be filed for individuals. There's what's called a Chapter 7, where you totally discharge the debt. That just means that you don't have the financial capacity to repay your creditors, and the court sides with you, discharges yeah. the debt, uh, so the debt's forgiven. And then there's a Chapter 13, where you say, you know, I can't afford to make the payments as as agreed originally, but I am willing to make some type of repayment over mm-hmm. the course of the next five years, for example. Mm-hmm. And the court will reorganize or restructure the debt based upon your income uh, and will allocate those payments to the creditors over typically a five-year payment of time. Okay. If you file a Chapter 7, typically lenders would consider your credit history to be unacceptable until you have allowed that bankruptcy to season for two years from when it was discharged. So if you filed, let's say, in December of 2016, it was discharged in December of 2016, your credit, you would become credit eligible again Mm -hmm. in December of 2018 if you filed a Chapter 7. If you file a Chapter 13, what lenders, the approach that they will typically take is this. If you have made payments to the bankruptcy court, which is a part of the reorganization plan, you got to make your payments to the court or to the trustee. If you can demonstrate you've made those payments on time for at least 12 months Mm -hmm. and you get the approval from the court to enter into a new debt, because remember, you told the court, I'm struggling with my current debts. Now you have to come back to the court and say, you know what, I think I'm ready to take on a new debt. The court has to approve that. And if they do, typically after that one-year period of time, that would be acceptable for many lender programs. So bankruptcy is not a deal killer. It's not the end of the world for buying a house. It's just a process like like everything else. Correct. All right, 317-239-1310. Antonio and Ronnie, I'm going to get to you in just a second, right after the break. Plus, listeners, stay tuned. There's a big announcement, particularly if you live in the Crown Hill area around the Graceland Avenue neighborhood. There's a big announcement that uh, Mayor Hogsett is going to make at 2 o'clock. But you know what? You're going to hear it here first before two o'clock so stay tuned to community connection with your host terry d on am 1310 the light one for more join the movement to make india a better place and sound off on the issues that matter most to you at 239-1310 it's am 1310 the light and welcome back to Community Connection. I'm your host, Terry D. Joining me here in the studios, Mr. Trevor Meeks. He is Vice President of Single Family Lending for the Indianapolis Neighborhood Housing Partnership. We've been talking about um, 
how this organization can help you get into the house of your dreams. If you're looking at buying a larger house or if you're looking at downsizing, you know, kids are out of the house now on their own. And you're saying, you know what, I don't need this much space. I need to look for a smaller house. They'll help you with that as well. Before the break, uh, I mentioned a big announcement coming up that you're going to hear first here on Community Connection, particularly if you live in the Graceland Avenue area here in Indianapolis. There's going to be an announcement made at uh, 2 o'clock by Mayor Hogsett, but you're going to hear it here first. Before we do that, let's go to uh, my callers who've been listening, uh, who've been holding very patiently. Hi, Antonio, you're first. What's your question or comment? Hey, Terry, how you doing? I'm fine. How you doing? Great show. Uh, Thank you. One of the things that uh, we do is transitional housing as well. Uh, where we take people from being homeless to being housed. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we are interested in is once we get them housed, then there's a lot of single families that's needing to uh, buy homes. We want them to buy homes. We want them to go into a random situation. Yes. Uh, but my question is, and by the way, I, I hear a great great deal of great praise for INHP and what they're doing in the community, so I do want to salute, salute that organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is, do you all work with groups? So, if, like, I got a group of 40 people in transitional housing. Do you, are you able to, uh, get with a group like, you know, transitional housing? Like a, like a partnership or, such as your organization? Uh, you've yeah, been on the yeah. show before a couple of times that, that kind of help folks who are homeless. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's called transitional housing. Okay. And so, you know, I would like to see how, I would like to take them in a situation, not necessarily in a, a home that's uh, for sale, but working with some of the developers to actually build them a home. I just love a meeting like that where that could be an option. So what, how can I get the details to take them from, um, you know, a regular rental situation to possibly um, building their own home? Do, do, do they work with uh, lending for as far as that? that okay. Let's, let's go ahead and let him respond. Yeah, that, that's a, a good question. And so, yes, we do work with groups. And, and, in fact, we work with a variety of community partners. You know, Centers for Working Family comes to mind. Indianapolis Urban League comes to mind. And, and so we work with groups in, in a variety of ways. It could be as simple as providing that education component uh, in terms of financial literacy uh, to, to just really work on uh, helping that individual uh, segment that's being serviced with understanding different components about their credit, purchasing a home, so on and so forth. And, and so what we could possibly do if, if you're, you're thinking of some type of collaborative effort with INHP is, is reach out to us and, and we can, can offer that service, uh, to your group or in conjunction or connection with another group. And, and so, um, if you, you contact us at 317-610 uh, 4663 or 317-925-1400. That's the old number. And, and provide us your contact information. We'll make that connection with our team to find out how our services can intersect with the curriculum of your program and, and see where we can, can best fit into helping you and, and your clients. Okay. Thanks a lot. Uh, Great you, question. Can you get that number again, uh, Trevor, please? Uh, it's 317-610. Four six six three or six one zero home. Okay. All right. Let's go back to the phone line. Speak with Ronnie. He's been holding for a while. I appreciate your patience as well, Ronnie. Welcome to the show. What's your question or comment? Hi, Mr. Terry. Hi. Uh, and to your guest, I had a question about a spot on your credit, like uh, a deed in lieu. Do you know what that is? Yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with the the deed in lieu of, of foreclosure, and, and this is where typically someone uh, voluntarily signs over the deed to their home to avoid a foreclosure event from occurring. Okay. When it comes to the mortgage lending world, it, it will really depend on how that, if there was a corresponding mortgage loan on that property, how that creditor reports it to the credit agencies. And so if 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 you have a very generous creditor that will just consider it to be settled, uh, there's probably very little uh, in terms of re- uh, a credit uh, repercussion that you would have to, to deal with. But if they do report a deed in lieu or foreclosure event, that's viewed as a major derogatory event on the credit. And typically whenever there's any type of major derogatory event, so we mentioned bankruptcies before, foreclosures are another 
form of a major derogatory event. And anytime there is a major derogatory credit event, there will be some type of corresponding seasoning requirement for the credit to be considered acceptable again. And, and what that means is from the point that derogatory event occurred, you'll have to maintain or sustain a period of time without incurring any new derogatory or major derogatory events. And so foreclosures, for example, or deeds in lieu of foreclosure, typically lenders will say that it's a three-year and sometimes three- to seven-year timeline before your credit history would be considered acceptable, depending on the loan program you're applying for. But typically, as a minimum, it would be three years from when that event occurred before a lender would consider your credit history to be acceptable if there's been a foreclosure event. Okay, uh, one more question. Mm -hmm. After that, uh, I have built my credit up to a 723. Wow, you've done done a great job, it sounds like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I don't know what the middle score is, but what I'm asking is, if the last time I paid a, a loan off, my score went down on Equifax. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they did that, and I checked it, and uh, no uh, negative. I haven't had a negative since 2012, but I had a deed in lieu. And they also paid me to, to leave the house. Yeah, the uh, cash for keys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's that was a, a an approach years ago uh, when the foreclosure crisis was rampant in the market, and it was really a an incentive uh, for the exiting homeowner to turn over the property in good condition to the lender, so that the lender could in return hopefully get that house back into the marketplace uh, without having to invest a lot in, in terms of repairing and. Uh, preparing the home for market. But it, it sounds like to me, if you're in a 700-plus credit score, you've recovered from that major derogatory event. Uh, I would just encourage you to continue to monitor your credit score. You're going to see ebbs and flows depending on uh, available credit, payment histories, things of that nature. But generally speaking, 700-plus in the eyes of, of a creditor for a mortgage loan is pretty good. So I think okay. you're in a great yeah. position where you're at. Okay, one more thing. I know y'all got a lot of people. Uh, I, I've been monitoring mine through uh, Credit Karma. Mm-hmm. Is that a good place? You know, uh, a lot of people use Credit Karma, and, and I would, would just caution you to, to understand this. Uh, Credit Karma, the, the scores that are provided there are a good indicator in, in terms of your, your credit history. But understand when you apply for a mortgage loan or a credit card, there are different scoring systems the creditors may use that's different than the scores you'll see with Credit Karma. And, and so generally speaking, if, if your scores are going up on Credit Karma, then they should be going up across the board. And likewise, if they're decreasing, they're probably decreasing across the board. Just understand that there would be some variation between the scores that you're seeing through Credit Karma and possibly through the scores that are being uh, pulled by a creditor, and that isn't a knock on Credit Karma. That's just making you aware the different credit scoring systems are being used. Okay, thanks a lot for your info. You're welcome. Thank you, Ronnie, for calling. 317-239-1310. After Denise, we're going to make this big announcement. Mm-hmm. If you live in the uh, 3600 block of Graceland or in that area, that neighborhood, call your, your neighbor because there's going to be a big announcement in just a matter of minutes after we um, address Denise's question or comment. Hi, Denise. Welcome to the show. Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon. My question is for uh, the gentleman there. Uh, I'm not sure if he's affiliated with the HUD, low-income housing, especially for senior citizens. Um, it's difficult to find a place to live on a fixed income. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that I've run across that have the power to say nary yay, they're rude, they're disrespectful. Um, what, what are the guidelines for people like myself that is a senior citizen that can only afford a certain amount of rent and can't find nowhere to go. Wow, that's a, that's another good question. Your 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 listeners are bringing it today, Terry. Yes. And, and so you had a two part question. Uh, am I affiliated with HUD? I'm I'm not affiliated with HUD in, in that way, but we do work with HUD in a variety of ways. And affordable rental housing is a very common question that that comes up. 
uh, when you're talking about housing in general. And, and one of the common questions that we filled quite often as well is where can I find affordable rental housing? Uh, we spoke about the real estate market and the increase in, in home prices. Well, there's also the same effect that's happening on the rental side. You know, it rarely uh, can I think of a situation where someone comes back and says, you know, my landlord lowered my rent. It's always, you know, my lease is up and they're renewing it at a higher price. And so to, to answer your question, there, there's a couple of different areas or agencies I would, would refer you to to explore affordable rental housing options. Uh, one is the uh, Indiana Community Development and Housing Authority Agency, ICTA, as we call them uh, for short. Uh, they play a very vital role in, in affordable rental housing, as well as the Indianapolis Housing Agency. Uh, they, too, have a very close pulse on affordable rental units that are in play. I don't have the information with me today or right now, but again, if you would reach out or, or contact our office or, or, or our website, I can, can make sure that we are able to forward that information to you and connect you with those entities to, to hopefully provide you some, some background and some options as it relates to affordable rental housing. Well, and, and that's the uh, issue. Mm-hmm. I've reached out to uh, the coordinator, the community director, mm-hmm. um, Mrs. Uh, Oh, what was her name? Uh, I can't call her name right off, but mm-hmm. um, she told me that because there's no affordable apartments available for senior citizens, that I would have to pay market rent, and that's why I'm in the predicament that I'm in now. Uh, they advertise it as low-income housing for seniors, but they're charging market rent on a fixed income. I understand and, and sympathize with your plight, and, and we'll see if I can do some research to maybe put you in contact with some additional resources to, to assist you. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Denise, for your call. We're going to go ahead and uh, make a big announcement today. The Indianapolis Neighborhood Housing Partnership wants uh, the community in Indianapolis to know about. Uh, it will be officially announced at around 2 o'clock today by Mayor Joe Hogsett, but you're going to hear it here First, thank you, INHP, for uh, letting Community Connection announce this exciting news. It appears there's going to be some development within the Crown Hill neighborhood. By development, we mean some um, vacant areas will be reclaimed and abandoned properties are going to be fixed up. And so I'm going to let the expert here, Mr. Trevor Meeks, (laughs) tell us more details. This is exciting. This is exciting. So I just gave a little bit about what the announcement is, but give us some more detail. What's going to go on there in the Crown Hill area? Well, Terry, we're very happy to celebrate the development of nine new homes in the Crown Hill area. And this is really a collaboration between the Indianapolis Neighborhood Housing Partnership and the North Development Corporation mm-hmm. to bring affordable housing units to the marketplace in the Indianapolis and Marion County area. And so just to give you a little bit of a context, we spoke earlier about how INHP has been, uh, from a, an economics perspective, preparing home buyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been creating, if you would, demand uh, in the marketplace. Yeah. And, and, and we're now taking a more of a catalytic role in creating housing supply, which is a huge undertaking. This is something we just started to do within the last year. And so to, uh, again, give you a little bit more context and background, 2000, end of 2015, early 2016, INHP received a very sizable grant from the Lilly Endowments, about $26.6 million that were really earmarked to give back to targeted geographies and, and communities with these new strategic initiatives mm-hmm. that are being deployed. And, and so as, as part of that effort, uh, INHP really... Um, sought to to get research on how and where and when and how to deploy these funds. It it was something that really transformed the organization. You know, when you receive $26.6 million, that's that's a great problem to have, but it is a challenging situation to be in. And and so we we, um, partnered with the Indiana University Public Policy Institute to conduct research on different neighborhoods and, and how we could have the most significant impact by deploying strategic initiatives as related to revitalizing the neighborhoods. And and so IUPPI, as we call them, really focused on some various aspects in these 
local neighborhoods and they uh, evaluated the housing stock. They uh, really sought to see what the recent market activity would be in, in certain neighborhoods and if there was a su- sufficient supply, if you will, of vacant and abandoned housing. I mean, that sounds kind of odd, sufficient supply of vacant and abandoned housing. And believe me, there are some neighborhoods that have a, su- a sufficient supply yeah. of vacant and abandoned housing. But mm-hmm. then also they they took into consideration what other revitalization efforts were in close proximity to all of these other aspects. Mm-hmm. And, and they really produced for us several neighborhoods, but three that came to the forefront. One was Crown Hill. So think the near north side, east of, let's say, Illinois, south of 38th Street, going toward the, the Crown Hill Cemetery in that area. Uh, St. Clair Place comes into mind. So think along the lines of on the near east side, mm-hmm. near 10th and Rural Street. And then think of Riverside. So along uh, where we're not too far from IUP, IUPUI, mm-hmm. near Burtzell and, and uh, Harding. And, and so... Those three areas came to the forefront as to where initially we should attempt to deploy these resources and initiatives to help with revitalizing the neighborhood. In each of those areas, we have different community partners or community development partners that are helping to bring back to life, if you will, these vacant and abandoned homes that were identified in the area. And so there's. So so will the homes be. There'll be new homes built from the ground up, or will the yep. homes already, they're vac- vacant and abandoned, and they will be renovated? It's a combination of both. Okay. And so uh, some of the homes have been raised where they were vacant lots, and new homes are being uh, are replacing that. And then in some cases, the homes are being completely re- being re- renovated on the interior and extra. So it's a combination of both in, in each of these three neighborhoods. And, and the partner in Crown Hill is near North Development Area. And so there's nine homes that are various stages of being redeveloped in that neighborhood. We're also uh, very active in, uh, I mentioned St. Clair Place. You may have heard of the Educators Village. Yes. It was formerly known as the Teacher's Village. Uh, we're partnering there as well. And again, in Riverside, the same effort is being undertaken as well. All right. Mm-hmm. So now the nine homes that you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, in the that will start in the Crown Hill area, mm-hmm. when will those homes be completed? Uh, they are... Uh, uh, the, the plan is for all of those homes to be available to market at the end of August, early September. Uh, the average price range of these homes mm-hmm. is around 120000 So, again, we're trying to reach out to that low to moderate income borrower, okay. again, thinking along the lines of affordable housing. One of the things that you see oftentimes when neighborhoods are revitalized is some of the homes are just very expensive. Yeah. And they're market rate, as we like to call it. And, and we've just noticed and, and been concerned that affordable housing, uh, while housing stock in general, there's a shortage. Affordable housing really seems to be in great demand right now. Now, the homes in the Crown Hill area, uh, anonymous, I'll get to you in just a second. I see you. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten you. Uh, are those homes available for sale or are they already? Some of the homes, have, some, a few of the homes, I believe it's two or three, have already, uh, buyers have already been identified and are under contract. Okay. The others are being built on what we call a speculative basis, meaning a, a buyer has not been identified or is not yet under contract. Uh, we suspect, though, um, as the homes take shape, more buyers will come to pass uh, and, and will purchase those homes within the very near future. Are you able to provide the target times for uh, the other two areas? You mentioned the Educators mm-hmm. Village mm-hmm. and the Riverside area. I, w- I would say that timeline is very similar um, with all three neighborhoods. There, There's a total of 29 homes in all three areas okay. that are at various stages of that either newly constructed approach or that renovation approach. The idea is that all of these homes will be sold before the end of the year. All right. All right. Uh, 317-239-1310. Uh, Ethan, go ahead and pull anonymous up. There's one more question. If uh, someone's listening and they're saying, you know, I, I want to find out more information about these these homes in these areas, what would they need to do? Mm-hmm. I would say give us a, a call. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that phone number is 317-610-4663. Okay. Or they can go to our website, which is inhp.org. Uh, the partner in Crown Hill, again, is Near North. I can provide you their information as well. Near North's main phone line is area code 317-927-9881, mm-hmm. or their website is nearnorthdevelopment.org. Okay. And then the, the partner 
uh, in uh, the Educators Village is the Near East Area Renewal, or we call them NEAR for short. Mm-hmm. Their website is nearindy.org, okay. and their office phone number is area code 317-941-6327 or 941-NEAR. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I want to be clear. So if before the for sale signs go up in the yard and someone mm-hmm. is driving by and they see the trucks mm-hmm. out there in the construction, should they call INHP to, to find out more? Should they call those respective groups you just mentioned? Either or. Okay. I, I would say if you want specific information immediately about those specific properties, mm-hmm. start with the partner uh, because they are developing the properties on behalf of INHP okay. uh, for sale. And the, the for sale signs are already in the yard. Really? Uh, yes, they are. All right. Yeah, and so... We mentioned Graceland, so, you know, the 36, 3700 block of Graceland, they're, that's where eight or nine of the homes are, are going to market. Okay. Uh, on Rural Street, again, there's probably eight or nine or ten, I believe, don't quote me on that, that are at various stages as well. Mm-hmm. And then in Riverside, I believe there's a cluster of four, prop, four or five mm-hmm. that are underway as well. So the for sale signs are already there. Uh, what may not be in there each yet area. in each area. Okay. What may not be there yet is a property okay. <laughs> or a home. <laughs> All right. Okay, anonymous. You've been holding for a while. I appreciate. It. We have about uh, two minutes. Thank you for holding. What's your question or comment? Hi. I just Hi. wanted to ask uh, the INHHP. Do you basically um, have homes for sale in, in the redlined areas? Or does your client have the ability through your program to choose where they want to live or, you know, find this home that particularly uh, may not be uh, in your uh, set guidelines? How does that work? And then also, when you pay off something on your credit, <laughs> why do the credit agencies um, – uh, are, are they allowed to, because I had a tax lien, I paid it off like three years ago, and it's still on my credit, and, um, you know, and it does, it has a zero balance, but it's still there. So mm-hmm. how does that whole thing work? Well, Thank you. Oh, you had a two-part question. Let me tackle the first part and then circle back to the to the, to the, uh, the latter part. Okay, and I got about 60 seconds. 60 seconds. Yeah. So. INHP, our service area is Indianapolis, Marion County, and, and we're about giving clients choices. So wherever the client wants to purchase, we'll assist them. And in fact, if the client wants to purchase outside of Marion County, we can assist in that endeavor. When it comes to these targeted neighborhoods, these are very specific to strategic initiatives within those areas whereby INHP is acting in a different role, and that's the role of developer and seller, okay? And so we would help any client that wants to purchase by offering them choices and then allowing them to make that decision on where they when and where they want to buy. With respect to your credit, uh, when you have a delinquent item or any item on your credit, uh, the creditors have the right to report that account for several years before it will fall off. And typically for most delinquent accounts like a lien or a judgment, uh, it's a seven to 10 year timeline. So the good news is it should show as satisfied as opposed to still being delinquent. Uh, and the, the, um, the, the other part of the good news is uh, it, it, it should show that way in the interim. The bad news is it, it hasn't fallen off yet. Okay. Well, that's a condensed answer. <laughs> and see, that's why they should call INHP, because they will help you listeners with questions like Anonymous just had and many others related to it. So, again, that number, uh, Trevor Meeks, give it to us again for people to call. It's 317-610-4663 or 317-610-HOME. All right. And, of course, the website, INHP.org. Thank you, Trevor. Thanks, Terry. Just Thanks. a wealth of information, as always. <laughs> You're Have good. You're a good man to know about these situations. Well, All right, listeners, stay tuned. More of Community Connections coming up right after this.